Welcome to the Nightmare Emporium. Here we take a deep dive into some grisly tales that are bound to make you lose your head. Now, let's check in with our host, the macabre Marvel herself, to see what she has in store for us this week. <laughs> This man is not my husband. I'm worried about Daniel. But how do I tell everyone? How do I convince them that my husband is no longer my husband? We're often told how perfect we are for each other. How right we seem together. But now, I don't think anyone would recognize us. They wouldn't say Daniel was a different man, though I don't think they've seen the changes that I've seen. They would blame the relationship. People grow apart, they would say. People change. These things happen. They don't understand. I met Daniel when I was at one of my lowest points, in the grip of a deep, dark depression. He didn't even know how damaged I was, but he expected nothing from me. He saved me from myself without even knowing he was doing it, and he never asked for anything from me in return. I love him so much. We moved into our first house together just before lockdown started. It was the perfect place for us. A house in the countryside, but fairly close to a major city. Big enough for us to host parties and maybe one day raise a family. A huge garden that would give our dogs plenty of room to run around. Once we have some dogs, at least. And best of all, it's a real fixer-upper. We were ready to transform a dirty, neglected old house into a home. Into our home. Then lockdown hit. All of our plans were put on hold. We barely had any of our furniture in the house, and the decorating had barely begun. We were living in a bare shell. It wasn't ideal, but we made it work. We were happy. Then Daniel went missing. I woke up one morning, and he wasn't in bed with me. That wasn't unusual, because Daniel was always up first. What worried me was that I couldn't find him in the house or the garden. He wasn't doing any of the million DIY projects that were waiting for us, or cooking himself breakfast, or even sitting on the pile of cushions that are a makeshift couch watching Netflix on the laptop. The two of us took daily walks in the woods behind our house, so I guessed he might be there. The car was still parked in the driveway, but he could have walked to the nearest convenience store, two and a half miles away to get milk or eggs or something. Daniel didn't like being cooped up and was always looking for excuses to get out and stretch his legs. I was sure he'd be back in no time. Two agonizing days later, I woke up from a restless night's sleep to sounds coming from somewhere below me. I flew down the stairs to find Daniel sanding the floorboards in the living room. I threw my arms around him and screamed with happiness and relief, tears streaming down my face as I sobbed and covered him with kisses. The rest of the day went by in a blur as we contacted friends and family and the police to let them know that Daniel was back and he was fine. According to Daniel, he'd gone for an early walk in the woods and gotten lost. He eventually found his way back to the house, back to me, and was completely fine. At first, I didn't even notice that anything was wrong. But it didn't take me long to realize that something was off with Daniel. The man I knew, the man I'd learned inside and out, 
was one of the most chilled out guys ever. He was even a little emotionally repressed. While I was a lightning rod of emotion and wore my heart on my sleeve, Daniel's quiet, contemplative, and doesn't say anything emotional unless he thought about it for hours beforehand. He was occasionally silly, always thoughtful, and never confrontational. But this Daniel, this new Daniel, was different. He smiled too much, for a start. His posture was a little too upright, too perfect. His laugh was too loud, too wild. When he tried to emulate Daniel's silliness and our little in-jokes, they were stilted and wrong. Worst of all, though, was the way he would tell me that he loved me. He would hold my gaze with his dark, still eyes, a smile tugging at the corners of his mouth like he was trying not to laugh. I love you, he said, cupping a hand to my face. The words were robotic, practiced, over-rehearsed. I love you. Before I knew it, I'd lived with the imposter for a week. Every day I kept wondering, how can I prove this isn't the man I married? I tried to search his phone for evidence, but I couldn't find it anywhere. Whenever I asked him about it, he'd just say he must have misplaced it and would shrug like it was no big deal. My Daniel would never do that. Just like everyone else in our generation, he's addicted to his phone. He loves posting house and garden updates to his Instagram story. He would care that his phone went missing. Last night, I woke up to find that the imposter wasn't in bed with me. I sat up and looked around the room. My blood turned cold when I saw him standing in the hall, staring straight at me through a crack in the door. What are you doing? I asked. I was terrified, but my voice was rooted somewhere beyond fear. My tone was angry, impatient, and exhausted. The door creaked open, and I saw his smiling face in the moonlight. I like watching you sleep, babe, he said sweetly. If Daniel, my Daniel, had said something like that to me, I'd have gone gooey inside. The imposter just made me feel threatened. You're acting like a creep, Daniel, I said, allowing the certainty of my anger to overtake the shakiness of my fear. If you're going to pull this crap tonight, you can sleep downstairs. You've been acting weird all week, and I am sick of it. Without another word, he turned and headed down the hallway. I laid my head down on the pillow and listened as he slowly descended the stairs. When he reached the bottom, his footsteps stopped. I imagined him just standing there, silent and motionless. The mix of fear and anger flared up in me again, and I threw myself out of bed, storming to the top of the stairs, ready to confront him. Just as I reached the staircase, he stepped back and out of view. I sighed, shrugged, and got back into bed, tugging the sheets up around my chin, wrapping myself like a burrito until I finally felt snug and safe. I missed my Daniel. I missed the familiarity of his touch, his hugs, his kisses. The imposter felt nothing like Daniel. I wouldn't let him touch me again. Every time he did, my skin would crawl. I eventually fell asleep, but once or twice in the night, I blearily woke up to the spine-tingling sensation that I was being watched. Finally, today, something happened. I don't know if people will consider it evidence, or if it'll make anyone believe what I'm saying. I know it sounds completely ridiculous. I sound insane. 
This morning, Daniel was making me breakfast. He was smiley, chipper, and talkative. I told him I wasn't in the mood for pancakes. I wanted bacon. He tried to tell me we didn't have any bacon, but I snapped at him and told him I already knew that. I told him that I wanted bacon, and if he wanted to make up for being such a creep last night, he could go to the store and get me some. I'm not sure what I hope to accomplish. Maybe rile him up and see what he would do. Maybe just get rid of him for a while. When he left, he tried to kiss me, but I turned my head away and he kissed my cheek instead. It still made me shudder. I'm not sure what I've done to upset you, he said, but I'll make it all better, I promise. Once he was gone, I decided to scour the house for clues. There had to be something that could prove that the man living in my house wasn't really Daniel. If I haven't found it yet, it's because I wasn't looking closely enough. I started looking around downstairs, opening boxes and drawers and overturning what little furniture we had to see if I could find... I don't know what. I felt ridiculous, but I was still determined. I tore at the hanging flaps of old wallpaper, overturned our mattress, emptied the closet. I tore up plants in the garden with my bare hands, ripped open the cushions of our makeshift couch, and pulled up the edges of the carpet. Eventually, when I was worn down and exhausted, I collapsed in the hallway upstairs, leaning my head against the wall and letting the tears come freely. The imposter would be back soon, and I'd be forced to face the deepening void where the real Daniel used to be. The imposter's presence made it all so much worse. It only highlighted to me how much I missed my Daniel. But what if he was my Daniel? The thought occurred to me like an icy crossbow bolt to the chest. As I sobbed, I toyed with the threadbare wallpaper, tugging on any torn edges and tearing off tiny strips. Maybe the things that I was worried other people might say had just been my own worries. We'd grown apart. We'd changed. These things happen. I grabbed another piece of paper and pulled. Instead of tearing off another strip, a whole section of the wall seemed to wobble. I froze, wondering if I'd imagined it or if I was losing it completely. I hauled myself up onto my knees and dug my fingers into an edge that was hidden cleverly in a decades-old design of the old wallpaper. I traced the edge around until I realized I found a door. I dug my fingers into the edge and pulled. With a reluctant groan, the door swung open. I found myself staring into a closet. It was nondescript, with white walls and a single hanging light bulb that switched off and on with a pull chain. There were no shelves, no hangers, just one item lying on the ground. Daniel's phone. I snatched it up hungrily and tried tapping the screen, but the battery was dead. I ran into the bedroom and plugged it in, missing the socket the first two or three attempts in my shaking hands. I waited, my eyes fixed on the screen, trying to will the phone back to life. I heard the front door open and close and the imposter's voice yelled out, Honey, I'm home! Ugh. I hissed. The phone finally sprang to life and I typed in Daniel's passcode. I went into his messages and saw that the last person he'd sent anything to was me. There were red exclamation marks next to the messages he'd tried to send to me, and I opened them, my body turning cold as my hands started trembling uncontrollably. The last few messages. Babe, I don't know what happened. I thought I heard something, so I got up, and I found this hidden door that led to a dark hallway. 
Did he mean the same door I had just found? But that wasn't a hallway. It was just a closet. I went inside, and it was like a maze. Now I'm lost. I can't get any signal. I'm scared. All of the messages were sent between 3 and 3.30 a.m. Tears dripped onto the screen of the phone, and I realized I was crying again. I could hear the imposter moving around downstairs, the smell of sizzling bacon drifting up from the kitchen. I locked the phone and wiped my tears off the screen, accidentally swiping to the camera. I was about to close it when I noticed the tiny preview in the bottom corner of the last thing Daniel had taken a photo of. I unlocked the phone again and went into the photo album. The last three items were two videos and a photo. In the first video, from the night of his disappearance, Daniel got out of bed. I appeared on screen briefly, groaning and turning onto my side when the camera light was glared at my face. Daniel went out into the hallway, following a noise that sounded like a finger tapping on the inside of the walls. He discovered the concealed door and struggled for a minute or two to get enough purchase to pull it open. When he did, the room beyond wasn't a room at all. The light bulb was still hanging there, but a passage stretched on and on into the darkness instead. The video cut and I swiped to the next one. When I pressed play, the camera was swinging around wildly and Daniel was breathing frantically. Instead of a single long passage, he was now in a labyrinth of blind corners, moving dizzily fast as he struggled to find a way out. I'm stuck, his voice said. I teared up again. His voice was like fresh air. The difference between him and the imposter seemed so subtle at first, but now it was night and day. Where am I? The video ended and I swiped to the next. Instead of a video, I was faced with a photograph instead. I felt nauseous with fear when I looked onto the screen. Daniel had tried to take the photo around the corner, so the majority of the screen was obscured by a wall. In the dark hallway beyond, the imposter stood in the middle, staring directly at the camera. Babe? The imposter called upstairs. Yeah? I called back, my voice shaky and weak. Breakfast's ready. Okay, coming. I called back. Before I go downstairs, I need to let people know. If you see my face in a news report because I've gone missing, just know that I found a way into that endless maze and I fully intend on coming back with Daniel. If you hear about the horrible torture I inflicted on my husband, just know that whatever that thing is, it is not my husband. And it deserves everything coming to it. Well, well, wasn't that just a scream? Until next time, our fiendish friends, remember to stay scared, and sometimes it's more than just a story. Ha <laughs>